Good morning. Again, it's awesome to see everybody this morning. It's a beautiful morning to be here. It's beautiful in here. Look around and see the light shining through these windows and seeing you all. It's not a prettier place on earth. Sometimes uh, we need to get away. Sometimes we've got a lot of distractions. You ever been distracted? (laughs) I know I have. Often. Man, it's good to get away where there's no distractions. Monday, I had less of a distraction than normal. uh, No, yeah, it was Monday. It was Monday. It, it, It was unintended, but my phone would just quit. I woke up, my alarm didn't go off, and my phone was dead. So I thought, man, this charger must not be working. So I took it and plugged it in somewhere else, it's still not working. It won't turn on. Even when I threw it. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> that didn't help. But no, no matter what I did, it, it didn't turn on. So I, t- I took it to work with me, and it still, it's still just dead. Completely dead. All I had to worry about that day then was teaching, which is rare because, man, I need my phone. I mean, a lot of people call and depend on my mama. Say, I've got things going on. I need my phone. But I did without it for a whole day. Facebook kept going. <laughs> Other things kept going. Now, I did get a new phone that evening, and my old phone still has not turned on. But, man, it was nice even though I wasn't experiencing the niceness then, it was nice just to be able to focus. Just be able to focus on the job at hand. Often in the Bible, we read about times that people were led to a mountaintop. And sometimes we wonder why they're led to a mountaintop. God's presence everywhere. We don't have to go to a mountaintop. But when we go to the mountaintop, we leave all the distractions behind. And then we can focus. We can focus on why we're there. And usually why why we're there is to focus on our Lord and Savior. Where there's no distractions... Matter of fact, if you go to the mountaintop, you probably don't have self-service anyway. You can just be with the Lord. You can see what he has in store for us when it's just you and him. The story I'm going to read here in a moment out of Matthew, there were more than one one person there, but it did happen on a mountaintop. And I've said several times, you're probably going to get tired of me saying that I truly believe in learning. The more senses we get involved, the better we learn. If we hear it, if we see it, 
if we touch it, if we can do something with it, we swear, all those things make it real to us. This morning as I read the account of the transfiguration of Christ, I want you to count how many senses are named in this one scripture. And I want to think, you to think about the times that you need to get away to a mountaintop, away from distractions, and how the Lord speaks to you. Matthew 17, 1 through 13. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with them. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And they were coming down the mountain. Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, Why then do the scribes say Elijah must come first? He replied, Elijah is indeed coming and will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him. And they did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man is about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that they were that he was speaking to them about John the Baptist. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this uh, for your word, Lord. Just thank you for allowing us to be here to to hear your word, Lord. Just uh, I pray that you speak through me this morning, Lord. That the folks here receive a message that you intend for them, Lord. Open our minds, open our hearts. For you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Wow. Did you count? How many senses did you count? Well, I think I think all of them but smell, I think. And I'm sure there was some I'm sure there was some aroma up there too. It's just not written. So think about all the senses that were involved in this. And when I first looked at this thing, I noticed when I, when I first looked at this passage, I noticed four things. The first thing I notice is a question. And then I notice that the question's answered. There's an answer. And then I notice there's a touch. And then there's some instruction. So there's a question, there's an answer, there's a touch, and there's some instruction. And this morning, just like God was speaking to the disciples there, He's speaking to us today. This passage is so important when we want to answer the question that's being asked. And the question that was being asked in that day is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? 
God the Father answered it in the first part of that passage. He said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He came to restore. He came to make us whole. So we got a question. we got that question answered. But why in the world did it need to take place? And I think to learn this, we got to back up to the chapter before, Matthew 16, when Jesus is talk, talking to his disciples. And he asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. So people were wondering exactly who Jesus is. I want to tell you, you can hear who Jesus is. But to really accept it, to really know who Jesus is, you have to experience it personally. You can't let somebody answer the question for you. God the Father answered the question there, but you can't let another human being answer that question for you. This question is personal. He has to be your Savior. Yeah, He's Savior of the world. He came and died for everybody. He died for you. He's your personal Savior. That's the question you have to answer because later on in, in verse 15 of chapter 16, Jesus asked Peter, but who do you say that I am? And Peter gave him his personal response. Peter by this time knew who Jesus was. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is the chapter before the mountaintop experience when the Father revealed to them who Jesus was. You see, I believe the transfiguration took place because God the Father wanted to answer this question himself. Even though Peter answered it for himself in the chapter before, as a human being, sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we listen to things going on in the world. We listen to who other people say Jesus is. We need to experience that for ourselves. I believe he took them to the mountaintop so he could see, so they could see for themselves who Jesus truly is. The Christ, the Son of the living God. I also believe it's because God the Father wanted to answer this for Jesus' disciples right then. In that instance, he said, listen to them. Or listen to him. Another thing is, too, because some people were saying that he was Elijah or he was Moses or he was one of the, one of the prophets. But one of the things that happened on that mountaintop is those disciples saw Jesus and they saw Elijah and Moses. There were three separate beings there. So Jesus can't be one of those others. Jesus is Jesus. He's the Son of God. That's the question that's being answered on the mountaintop. That's the question that's being answered. You see, Jesus' appearance were transformed, and Moses and Elijah appeared also. And all this was done to answer the question that I told you at the first, who is Jesus? You see, Jesus' face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling. You may recall some similar passages on mountaintop experiences in the Old Testament, too. Like when Moses came down with the tablets with the Ten Commandments. His face was so radiant that people were scared. 
And when he spoke, he, he put a veil on. I'll read from, from Exodus 34. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony, holding the Ten Commandments in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and the Israelites saw Moses and that his face was radiant, they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and said, and, and, and he spoke to them. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. You see, Peter, James, and John on that mountaintop saw Jesus in his glory. They saw Jesus as the Son of God. They saw Jesus as the Savior of the world. That's why they were there. You see, God the Father gave visual evidence to the disciples who Jesus truly is. And again, Moses and Elijah appeared with him. And then suddenly, Moses and Elijah were not there anymore. The disciples were scared. They went face down. And then Moses and Elijah were gone. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? You see, I think Moses and Elijah were there to, to, to represent the old covenant. And there's a new covenant now. And Jesus is there to represent that new covenant. The new covenant is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The new covenant is a relationship with the Savior of the world, the Son of God. That's why Jesus remained alone there. And then while the disciples were face down on the ground, Jesus came by and touched them. He laid his hands on them. They were terrified face down, but Jesus came and touched them and said, Get up. And then he said to them, don't be afraid. He touched them. Have you felt the touch of Christ? Do you have that relationship with Jesus Christ? And again, when they looked up, they only saw Jesus. No distractions. Just Jesus. Wow. If that's not a mountaintop experience, I don't know what is. Have you been touched by the Savior? It's interesting that when God the Father spoke, he simply said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. There's the commandment that's in there. There's the instructions. Listen to him. Who is Jesus? See, God the Father answered it on that mountaintop that day. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is revealed to the disciples as the Son of God. And what they saw 2,000 years ago is still relevant today. Again, the Father's final words were to listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. We talked about seeking him last week. Yeah, we've got to seek him, but we also have to listen to him. We have to listen to him. He speaks to us every day. But sometimes we've got to remove some of the distractions in our life because we can't hear him. 
We've got to remove the distractions in our life because we cannot hear him. The Lord's blessed me with a long commute to work. And I get to listen to the word or I get to listen to sermons on my way. There's no distractions. I'm not a very good driver anyway. Whether I'm listening or, or not. But you know what? Monday morning, I didn't even have the distraction of the podcast going. I never put the radio on. It's just me and God. I didn't even notice the other, ever how many going up the interstate. You know what? I think the Lord did that on purpose. Because there were some distractions going on Monday. I needed to be alone. And for that 35 minutes or so, I was alone just listening. Just listening. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. You see, there's no other way to the Father except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't have rules and regulations and we don't have to do this, this, and this to honor or, or, or to, to gain God's grace. It doesn't mean we're not supposed to follow his commandments. It doesn't mean that we're not, but you see what? We're human beings. And when we fall short, thank God we've got the grace of Jesus Christ to lift us back up. You see, it's not about the rules. It's about the touch. It's not about the rules. It's about whether or not you've been touched by a Savior. Yeah, the rules are important. But when we fail, if we haven't been touched by the Savior, then we're in despair. But when we fail and we have been touched by the Savior, we can rely on His perfect grace and His perfect love and His perfect strength to pick us back up. You see, we're not perfect beings. But praise the Lord, the Father sent a perfect Savior. Who do you think Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Again, that's a question. It's a personal question. It's a question you have to answer on your own. I can tell you who He is, but until you experience it, until you get on that mountaintop and you listen and you hear his voice and he touches your life, you won't know what I'm talking about. Have you been touched by him? Have you been touched by Jesus Christ? And are you listening to him? Again, the only instructions that the Father gave that day was to listen to him. Who are you listening to today? There's plenty of places to get distracted. There's plenty of things going on that you can listen to. But God the Father says, listen to Jesus. Are we listening? If you believe what God the Father said, then I challenge you in this. To listen to Jesus. And it may come... His words may come while you're having your devotion. It may come in your prayer time. It may come when you're driving down the road. 
But listen, he's speaking. He's speaking to you now. Again, my challenge is to you. It's the same challenge that the Father gave the disciples. Listen to him. If you're here today or you're listening online and you've never experienced that personal touch from a Savior, I pray this morning that you fall face down and you allow Jesus to touch your life today. And you listen to him and you realize that he came for you. He suffered and died. He lived a perfect life and he rose again for you. That's what Jesus is telling you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for the transfiguration, Lord. Just thank you for this passage, Lord. Thank you, thank you for, for packing so much in these few verses, Lord, that, uh, that we're instructed just to listen to Christ. Lord, I pray that uh, each person here, each person listening, Lord, they just open their hearts up to you. Lord, where they can receive that touch that only comes from a perfect Savior. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here, if there's anyone listening, Lord, that don't have that relationship with you, that they come to that knowing, loving, grace-filled relationship today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.